Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Severs and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. It's good to be uh, with you today. Pastor Corey, good to be back in the studio. Didn't mean to catch you by surprise there. You look a little surprised. Uh, but uh, here we are for yet another edition, the Not 300, Not 300 episode number three. <laughs> this is a new series we're calling Not 300. Yeah. yeah. We're holding off our 300 episode to be able to do it in person um, and cook fried bologna together. I think we're going to hopefully do more than that. Yes. Uh, discuss our favorite episodes, maybe uh, tell awesome jokes, but good to be with you, Tim. Um, the COVID numbers are coming down in our area. Uh, can I say finally? Um, still a lot of uh, difficulty in our area and illness and, and suffering and grief. Uh, but we're starting to see new infections go down. And, and so that's good news. Um, yeah. But we're still taking precautions and in different rooms. Um, so there you go. But uh, yeah, we got, uh, you know, we got November just around the corner. What is today? October 13th? It is. And November's around the corner, and that for us as a church, we emphasize gratitude. We have a, a gratefulness campaign, a gratitude campaign, and you kind of spearhead that, Tim, and, and brought that um, as an emphasis uh, basically since you've been here. And um, yeah, you want to just tell us what the theme of the campaign is this year and some of the things we can look forward to uh, sure. this year. Yeah, so uh, actually, it's really exciting because some of the stuff is starting to show up, and we'll, uh, a delivery of one of the items was made today. I have to pick it up, and then uh, some other things scheduled to arrive next week. So the 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 theme of the campaign is actually we're actually doing a campaign in the community, and we're calling it "Choose Gratitude." And so, in this time of year, you usually see. Uh, different kinds of political signs popping up around the community in support of various candidates or uh, proposals that are on the ballot in November. And so what we've done is design and uh, acquire some signs that say, choose gratitude. And then there's a place for you to write in the thing that you're thankful for uh, on it. And then you can put it in your yard um, and, and share with the community things that you're the things that you're grateful for, or they're just the fact that you are grateful, which is uh, a great starting point. <laughs> um, and so the, the idea being, of course, that we build awareness and support for uh, this, I, this idea of really being more grateful uh, in our lives. So that's one part of it. To play off of that campaign idea, we're also going to have campaign buttons. <laughs> That, that say choose gratitude on them as well. And so you'll be able to wear those around and, and, and hopefully that too will be a, a discussion starter for people as they interact with one another. Uh, hey, what's that all about? And you can just talk about how it's uh, important for us to choose gratefulness in the midst of whatever, you know, life throws our way and, and talk about how you're choosing to be grateful at this time uh, in, in, in our community, in our life, in our, in our world. Um, you know, on top of that, we'll have all the regular things that people have come to love about the gratefulness campaign. Uh, we'll have thank you cards and uh, the 10,000 reasons wall. 
um, will be the Tower of Gratitude again this year. Uh, so we have those magnets available that you'll be able to write on and throw them on the tower, the bell tower out in front of the church. Uh, so lots of different things going on. And then kind of playing into that is another is another uh, sub theme, I guess, is this idea of uh, a sense of gratitude. Um, and my intention when I came up with this idea was to just kind of prod people to think about uh, the th think about their senses, uh, smell and taste and hearing and feeling and seeing. Ah, that was the other one. <laughs> There's five, right? Uh, and think about you know if you need a simple way to engage or an entry point into thinking about gratitude or trying to be more grateful, use your senses. Use the things that God has given you to kind of look, smell, taste, hear, uh, touch, because there's lots of things in life that God has given us to be grateful for. But bigger than that is this, do, have we, this question, have we lost our sense of gratitude uh, that, that maybe we had at one time, but in the midst of the pandemic or difficult health concerns, that maybe we've just lost that and, and we need to recover it. So there's a lot of different dimensions to the campaign this year. The idea really just being that there are different entry points for people to come into it, to think about it. How can they be grateful? How can they choose to be grateful? And so, you know, it's any, any, you can enter in at any point and that's okay. Uh, and so we're just really looking forward to uh, launching the campaign. Um, the, the signs, the yard signs will be available starting this Sunday at church. Uh, so people can take those home and, and start to, we we'll, should hopefully start to see those popping up around the community. And then other pieces will come in as we get closer to November. And uh, it'll be a kind of a month long focus for us on nurturing gratitude, which is something we're, we're you know, scripture calls us to. And there's that wonderful, terrible scripture in First Thessalonians that says, give thanks in all circumstances, uh, which has been challenging to me um, and kind of the impetus for the campaign uh, all those years ago now, almost six years ago, I guess, was to really think about how, how can we be thankful in all circumstances? And we have to choose that, I think. And so this campaign fits into that, of course, as well. So I've been talking a lot. Um, do you have any questions or anything you want to add? Yeah. So you said the signs were available this upcoming Sunday, which is awesome. Um, so somebody's watching this. They're in another state or country. Is there going to be an opportunity for them to join in? So we'll... Um, Let's say people in Upper Michigan. I haven't mentioned Upper Michigan in a while, so... <laughs> Oh, it's a good thing we're not together. I might have to slap you. <laughs> um, yeah, so up there in Upper Michigan, uh, well, they can participate in their own ways. They can still do thank you notes. If they want some of the magnets or whatever, we'd be happy to uh, send those out. They could throw them on the refrigerator, or create their own power of gratitude, whatever. Uh, but I think what you're getting at is that uh, we're going to be making available a PDF of the sign that people can print at home uh, or have printed wherever they are, and they can choose to put that up as well. So we'll be we'll be printing some of those um, 
here too for for people who maybe want to put put it in their window uh, at their house or something like that. So there'll be lots of options. And, and if some, you know, we don't always think of everything. So if somebody has an idea or a need that we haven't anticipated, I'd love anticipated, I'd love to hear from them so that we can try to fix that and, and meet that need this year. And if not, it can help us plan for the future. Cool. I think that's a good idea to have the yard signs, you know, that you can stick in people's yards and then, um, printed signs people can put in windows uh our friends at bishop place they can put them on their door people walking by in the hallway can see them kids that we know in college can print it out put it on their door um in the dorms whatever so cool great idea um choose gratitude a sense of gratitude paying attention to to all that we have to be thankful for i think it's so, so important. Um, so we, we're going to be talking about that more as we get closer. I know we'll have uh, Thanksgiving service um, the, the night before and, and some other stuff that we're going to do during the month of November. So um, and probably next podcast, we'll actually have a sign that we can show folks. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so if they want a sign, come to Worship Sunday or contact us and let us know if you're in the area. We'll get you a sign. Absolutely. Or, or a couple signs. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Anything else about that, Tim? Gosh, that seems like a lot. So, uh, I think that was everything you mentioned the Thanksgiving service, which I had forgotten to mention. Um, so that's always, I, th- I feel like that's a highlight, uh, of the season for me. And so if people want to join us, it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, it's here at the church and you and your family are welcome to attend out of town guests, whatever. Uh, we'd love to have you. I think it's a good way to kind of set the tone for the next day and Thanksgiving and what are we really thankful for. Um, and then I just as you, I, I, another thing that we're doing, we're connecting with the, the library's uh, turkey leg run the day on Thanksgiving Day to be out there. We're going to try to do a radio broadcast uh, and and invite people to come and tell the community of Palouse what they're thankful for um, and, and have some fun and be thankful together. So if we have signs left at that point, they'll be there and available for people if they want to take them home. Uh, gratitude really has no season. Uh, you, so you can keep that in your yard, I think, all year long if you want. <laughs> so, um, and anything we have will be available there. And, and we want to support the library's fundraiser and, and just encourage people to come out and be grateful for the community of Palouse and, and the library and all that it has to offer as well. So, um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. No short, no shortage of ways to engage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, the next thing we could talk about is our, our scripture for this week, unless you have anything else, um, you know, you want to talk about it. Um, you got anything? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm turning it over to you because I've been talking. Oh, yeah. about... <laughs> I, I, you know, we're going to get into a section that, that involves politics. And I know that can be hairy for you, Tim, but we'll keep We'll keep local politics out of this. And just because we're doing a gratefulness campaign, I want people to know that has nothing to do with any other local 
politics. We'll just put it that way that uh, we, we thought of this idea many, many months ago, and it's a campaign to really get people to choose gratitude. But, you know, I was reminded by a friend, he, he, he told me, you, 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 you twist everything around, Corey, everything I say, you twist around and, and turn it into something else. And I said, I'll take that as a compliment. I, that's a joke that didn't really happen I, I i was just looking for an awkward segue uh, i like that as as far as awkward segues go that's one of the best <laughs> that was one of the best okay so we're in this we're kind of in an awkward segue section in the gospel of john you're right another attempt to segue uh it's after this dramatic event like almost heavenly event except it happened on earth the resurrection of lazarus out of the tomb jesus roaring lazarus come out and lazarus does and they unbind him and then the next thing we hear is very is really earthly, um, you know, people upset about the miracle and even wanting to to kill Jesus because of the things he's been doing. And so it, it picks up in John chapter 11, starting with verse 45, and it's definitely not as well known as the miracle itself. So I think it's it's worth reading. Um, it's Verse 45 through the end of the chapter, verse 57, I'll go ahead. Right, right after the, it says, unbind him and let him go in reference to Lazarus coming out of the grave. And then it says, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary had seen what he did and believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for that is better for one man uh, to die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one, the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim. And there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so they might arrest him. So this shift from the dramatic raising of Lazarus to uh, upset people, particularly upset religious leaders. Now there were some who, it says, briefly believed in Jesus, says that in verse 45, but others who kind of went and tattled on Jesus and told the, the religious leaders. And the religious leaders' response is uh, out of their insecurity and fear. Um, you know, they really think if Jesus keeps doing these types of things, people are going to follow him and believe in him. And that's going to set off 
the Romans who are going to just take away our uh, our nation as we know it and and the position that the religious leaders got to hold on to. So, you know, what we have in this section is, is um, uh, humans trying to figure out their problems in human ways, right? And I think we can see, though this is 2,000 years ago, it doesn't seem like much has changed. Caiaphas seems like a, a leader who, you know, He's kind of just like, well, if we have to kill one guy, uh, rightly or wrongly, wrongly in this case, uh, but if it's for the good of the nation, then we're going to do that. Um, now, John comments that Caiaphas doesn't realize that he's really prophesying or he's, he's speaking about the future. He doesn't realize it, that Jesus is going to die for the sake of the people, uh, but Jesus is willingly giving up his life, though Caiaphas thinks that they're going to be able to take his life. Jesus is giving up his life and that's very different. So um, that happens. And then we see people just talking about it. People love to talk about these things. So where's Jesus? Is he going to come? What's going to happen next kind of thing. So um, I've never preached this section before. I mean, I, I've known that it's here. Um, I, and I think we, we sometimes don't think about that the good things that Jesus did uh, weren't readily accepted by all. Um, the, the religious leaders didn't like that Jesus did this miracle. Um, so that it's kind of mind boggling in a way, but maybe not surprising. Maybe, I don't know. Um, what jumps out to you, Tim? What's the big uh, aha for you, or maybe a big question? Or... Mm. Well, I think one of, for me, one of the really interesting points, I guess, is maybe, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to say it, so I'll just kind of talk it through, and maybe it'll come to some sort of uh, thing that makes sense, but is that Jesus, uh, Jesus kind of uh, offends our human sensibilities. Um, and the way of Jesus threatens our view of uh, security for instance, um, we find our security in um, the power that we've amassed, like in the religious leaders or in the knowledge that they think that they have. Um, but what Jesus does threatens that because it's not, um, it's, not of, it's not of his kingdom. It's of this world and of our sinful nature. And, and so that's kind of one of the things that sticks out to me. I don't, I'm hoping that's making sense. Um, yeah 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 so I love this I love that phrase in 48 if we let him go on like this everyone will believe him believe in him who <laughs> like he's the kind of person you want to believe in look at all the good stuff he's doing it's amazing but but if if people believe in him then that threatens our power and our influence and wealth and all that kind of stuff I think is kind of going on in the background there. And so we have to consider that today. 
are we rejecting Jesus's call um, because it threatens our human sensibilities and the way we like to do things, or we we think things are supposed to go? Um, and that's especially difficult when you consider the kind of upside down call of, of the kingdom of God, um, which stands kind of in opposition to the way of our sinful nature and the way we like to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Um, you know, Jesus is not satisfied with our status quo, you know, um, our status quo of, um, you know, not putting God first, of mistreating other people, using people as pawns, you know, they did that 2000 years ago. Um, they're doing it. We do it now. And so Jesus does threaten the way we do things, but the way we do things needs to, um, needs to bend to who God is. Um, mm. Right. And uh, yeah. Uh if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. It, it, just dripping with insecurity and fear, right? And anxiety. Like um, They're just imagining that Jesus doing these miracles and having people follow him. Uh, will The people will want Jesus as their, their Messiah, their leader. And they, they look at this as, as the leaders who know better than the people. And say, well, there's no way he could he could really overcome the Romans. In fact, the Romans would just crush him and crush us, and and we kind of like our status, right? So, um, you know, it's what's easy to do with a section like this. I'm finding as I'm writing my sermon is like really pick on Caiaphas and the religious leaders, and like you know just pick on some 2000 year old issues like look at how dumb these suckers are and <laughs> but you know but the, what, but the villains in the story are us today <laughs> yes yes what's harder is to say god show me where i do this exact same thing where i think i solve my own problems without god where i think where i think too much of god's presence in my life is threatening to my status quo, um, you know, if I actually live the way of Jesus, um, love the way he loved me, if I do that in increasing measure in my life, things always have to change in my life. Um, he'll call me into places that stretch me and push me, call me to love and forgive people that maybe I don't want to, call me to admit faults and ask for forgiveness when I want to just pretend something didn't happen or whatever. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Jesus is no respecter of our status quo. And um, I, I've imagined uh, he's not in the scene here, but we know he was part of the Jewish ruling council, I believe, uh, Nicodemus. So I, I've just imagined Nicodemus being in on this meeting and wondering, you know, knowing that Nicodemus later, we believe, became a follower of Jesus, wondering if his thoughts were a little bit different than than the majority, you know, um, and it would be interesting to, to talk to him about that. But, um, you know, my, my guess is that there are people just going with the flow, 
And maybe Nicodemus even went with the flow, like, well, I'm not sure about this Jesus yet. So Caiaphas is pretty sure, you know, most of the guys are pretty sure, you know, the safety of the people is really important. I don't know if I really agree with him because, I mean, he did heal a blind man and he did raise a guy from the dead. But uh, I'm just going to go with the guys on this, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes people just go along with evil, (laughs) you know, Uh, to support their friend or to support the business they're part of or whatever, uh, you know, and uh, I don't know that Nicodemus did. Eventually, Nicodemus was willing to take quite a public risk to honor Jesus later in the gospel. We'll see that. But but I wonder how many people just went, kind of went along with it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there had to be a few, right? Like, I'm not convinced Caiaphas is right here that we should kill this guy. We haven't seen a miracle worker like this, but I really like Caiaphas. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird that we do that? I mean, eh, you know, it's kind of a dirty, shady business deal, but it gets me a tax break. So, eh, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. Just human beings, we we have some real struggles. Um, yeah. I guess uh, there's other parts of this. We don't really hear Jesus in this section. All we really see from Jesus is that he gets out of sight, you know. That's what we see. Jesus, like, I'm going to back out. And and he's basically waiting, excuse me, he's basically waiting for his timing to unfold. He wants to be there in Jerusalem during the Passover week and die with his death connected to the Passover holiday. And he, um, he's really in charge of making that happen, though we human beings think we're in charge. So, so this is still his story, even though he's not prominent in this part of it. Um, yeah. What do you think about the people talking at the end? Um, I mean, John didn't have to mention that. It's kind of like John White, you know, just wanting people to know that they're talking. I mean, couldn't you have used a few more sentences telling us what Lazarus was like after he came out of the tomb? And instead of these sentences, I mean, but he chooses these sentences by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right? right? So they've got, they've got to mean something verse, you know, verses 55 through 57 is what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't uh, have any great wisdom here. I, I like um, verse 56 says they were looking for Jesus. Um, and I think that's, I think that's important that people, people were aware, they were interested. I don't, it, it, they seem to be curious about him. Um, but they also seem to be aware of this threat because otherwise, why would you ask questions like, well, will he be here? I mean, he's, if he's a devout Jew, he's not going to miss the Passover when he's so you know, Passover in Jerusalem when he's so close. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It's like they kind of know maybe what's going on. I don't know. Do they want, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's mixed up. I think some of them are curious and they want to know more about Jesus. I think some of them are 
maybe just a little uh, gossipy too and just wondering well are they going to do something to this guy is he going to show up or or maybe they're expecting something greater um could be a lot of different things i, I think i think you're right on um you haven't been peering into my sermon notes but uh, <laughs> uh I, 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 I really think that it's representative of how we are you know um some are sincerely interested. Some are just kind of curious. Um, some may be causing trouble to a degree. Um, and some may even know. be worried for him that, that sure. knowing what would happen, but will he come at all? Like, I don't want him to, you know, to be found. Um, and so, yeah, it could be a lot of things. So John sharing this section lets us see kind of a preview of Jerusalem that people are talking about Jesus. People are wondering, people are wanting to know. Um, and, and there is this tension and interest. There's this people who are against him, just waiting to see him to arrest him. And yet this immense interest, maybe from different angles as you've been saying, but there's interest in Jesus. And, and I believe still is interest in Jesus and some people want to argue against him and some people are very sincerely interested in him and some love him and you know we still live in a world where um, near, um, well, uh, there's plenty of historical figures to choose from but Jesus is, is unique and um, yeah so it makes me think about all that but well, cool. Um, insight into our human nature. And, um, you know, it's not like we've seen in John. It's not a miracle of Jesus. It's not uh, a long teaching of Jesus. But for those of us who want to follow Jesus, I think this, this section has some stuff to teach us about ourselves and how we, uh, we might go off track. So um, looking forward to preaching it Sunday. Cool. Well, I'll be looking. So join us if you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people can. I, I, uh, no. Go ahead. Okay. I we We're talking to each other on accident. I think we had a Zoom timing issue. But uh, yeah, join us uh, in person or online 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. on Sundays or 1.30 p.m. at Bishop Place in Pullman. Uh, we might be trying an experiment to Sunday with a uh, live online at 9 a.m. that would be available only through a Zoom link. Um, so just a heads up about that. Um, so if you want to watch the actual 9 a.m. service online rather than a produced online service, the only difference is there you might get to see live. You get to see people um yeah you just get to see the service through through the lens of a camera so to speak so we'll see how that goes if you're interested contact us uh, if you got prayer requests let us know we'd be glad to be praying for you and that's about all i have tim cool well sounds like it's going to be a great sermon hope people can join us for that of course you can catch it online as well youtube and facebook um but we'd love to see you on sunday uh hey you know um I've been struggling with my breath, um, especially with masks. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then and not like struggling for breath, but just the stench, you know? Oh. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and I was talking to some scientists who really are up on a lot of things and, and I said, what? And I noticed their breath was real fresh. It's kind of awkward, but uh, I said, how, how do you, how do you keep your breath so fresh? And the scientists all said experiments. Oh boy. <laughs> too, much, too much work for that punchline. Maybe it was, it was good. It was a good story. Okay. I like that. Right. Well, on that note, we better all sign right. off for the day. So, uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening and watching this has been tim and Corey coming to you from our zoom studios here in the rolling hills of palouse washington and we hope you have a blessed week we'll see you next time <laughs>